Hey, what's up, everybody? Be sure to check out our website, fantasydaydreamers.com. Aaron just put up a new monthly article, and it's fantastic, about the best fantasy seasons that from the different positions, quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, running back. So be sure to check that out. Let's get on to the pod. What's up? What's good? It's your boy, JJ. Big game. And this is the Fantasy Daydreamers podcast. Fantasy. With me, with me today, I feel like it's the usual now, producer Ian. Shout out, you know, big waste over here. <laughs> and uh, Keone. Uh, K Blasta. All right. Okay. In the house. <laughs> DJ Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. You gotta change your Twitter name to DJ Mayo now. Yeah. Just daydreaming Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> I am an instrument. <laughs> Today we will have some news for you guys. Um, some busts of the week and some superstars of the week for week 13. So let's get into it news the jaguars that they named his starting quarterback mike glennon so yeah don't start any jaguars besides james robinson we'll see do you have you guys heard anything about gj chark if he'll be back nothing nothing solid yet if he's back do you start him with mike glennon oh um no, I can't. I can't start him. Yeah, because I, I like two weeks ago, I think he was my sick candidate, and I got really lucky with that because he was out. So I, I got it right. <laughs> Great call. Thank you. Um, but I, I still would sit him because of the quarterback play. He's a good player, but just inconsistent quarterback play. Yeah. All right. Um, more news. Kenny Galladay did not practice on Wednesday. Um, that's a big one. Matthew Stafford's a lot better with him on the field. The Lions offense seems to be better with him on the field. But DeAndre Swift, the Lions are optimistic that he will return, and that is that's big for them. Uh, you guys start him up right away whenever he comes back, if he's back this week? I think um, he's earned a start, potentially. Flex, flex if anything. But. Yeah, I think I have to have a pretty good solid team if I don't start him. The scariest thing is they're going against the Bears, but I think he still earned the the right to start pretty much week in, week out. Yeah, I agree with that. Definite flex candidate. All right, another news. Daniel Jones, he did not practice on Wednesday. I doubt he's going to go. So, just... I mean, it's the Giants, so you weren't really – hopefully you weren't counting on anyone on that team anyway. Um, give Gall the ball. Oh, okay. <laughs> give Gall the ball. Yeah, Wayne Gallman, he's, a, he's another flex candidate, RB2. So, uh, yeah. Evan Ingram, streamer this week with Colt McCoy or no? No, I'd be looking somewhere else. 
I'm right. Yeah, I don't trust me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to argue with that at all. Um, Adam Thielen, he returns off the COVID reserve list, was activated, so he'll be back. You got to start him up. Was leading the league in receiving touchdowns before he went um, onto the reserve COVID list, so you got to think he's going to get into the end zone at least once. This is very good for the Vikings. True. (laughs) It's a well-rounded offense. So Todd Gurley did not play last week, and they told us on Wednesday that he is day-to-day. It looks like he's going to be a game-time decision, or we might find something out on Saturday. We're not going to find out before the end of this podcast, that's for sure. So do you guys – I mean, Ido Smith really got all of that work in garbage time or a majority of his work in garbage time. Can you trust anyone – in this backfield if Todd Gurley's not there. Can you trust Todd Gurley if he does play? Uh, I actually have um, – I we're going to be talking about Todd Gurley later and the reasons why you should not trust uh, the uh, Falcons running backs this week. So I'm going to save that for later. But all all right. Right. quick answer, no, do not trust them. All right, all right, let's just move on then. Um, the Eagles activated Zach Ertz off the COVID reserve list as well. This one's bigger for Dallas Goddard, I feel like, than Zach Ertz. Dallas Goddard ran 100% of the offensive snaps last week, so obviously Zach Ertz hopefully cuts into that, but hopefully he doesn't cut into his workload too much. Do you guys think you think he, he will cut into the workload? I mean, he he's going to a little bit, I know that, but I think it affects Richard Rodgers more than anything because Dallas Goddard is probably going to go back to the number two tight end. And then Richard Rodgers is now pushed to like the third spot at tight end, which is essentially really? no man's land. You think, you think they put Zach Ertz back at the number one tight end right away? Mm, that's, that's a good point. Maybe not because Goddard has earned like I, that spot. Yeah, that's my point. I think you're right about Rodgers, where he's just going to take away from Rodgers, but it's going to be from that second spot where Rodgers was playing, which was, he was getting. He got a little bit of work. Um, it wasn't nothing, that's for sure. No, he got a touchdown. Yeah, I think. Yeah, on that hail mary. <laughs> hey, was, hey, it, hey! It that was, was a nice grab, though. Yeah, it was. It was. It was off of a uh, tip, though. It wasn't like a. This is to Richard Rodgers for the touchdown. <laughs> yeah, Somebody true. grab it, and he got it. Yeah. Um, another player coming off the reserve COVID list, Jonathan Taylor. He already practiced on Wednesday, so he'll be good to go. Uh, Philip Rivers, he uh, did not practice on Wednesday as a precaution with a toe injury. I don't think you were looking to start Philip Rivers anyway, so that's not a big deal. Jonathan Taylor, do you start him? He's not been looking so good. I mean, not living up to the name where you drafted him for sure, but can you get away from him or is the running back just too thin of a position? It's a very enticing matchup against the Texans this week, but unreliable is that pretty much that entire offense for fantasy. So. Yeah. I do think if you're going to risk it on somebody this week, Jonathan Taylor is a good risk because the matchup is just way too good. All right. 
More news. Philip Lindsay, he did not practice on Wednesday, but the team is optimistic he'll play. Looks like Drew Locke will be back. So he was activated off the COVID reserve list as well. Can you feel good starting any Broncos? Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick played the most snaps, but he didn't get that many targets. Melvin Gordon, the receiving back, is he going to get in the end zone? Philip Lindsay, he's been hurt quite a bit throughout the season, and but he's looked good on some plays. Can you trust any of them? No, a fan even. I just don't know. I don't think any pass catcher you can catch, but um, like the Todd Gurley thing, I actually kind of believe in Melvin Gordon this week. It's a little dependent on Philip Lindsay's actual status, but I think Melvin Gordon's a good play here. Personally. All right. More news. Miles Gaskin did practice on Wednesday. It looks like he'll have a better chance to go this week. This Miami team is really hard to deal with in fantasy because they were supposed to be not so great, but now they're decent, but they're only decent. They're not, they're still not great. So I really don't know. And Miles Gaskin really led this team before his injury. So I think he's going to come back and take back over the backfield. So I think he'll, he'll be a start. I think you can flex him. I think a lot of it depends on who the quarterback will be. So if it's going to be Fitzpatrick, maybe, but Tua has shown, you know, maybe like some inconsistencies. So we'll see, I guess, who they start at quarterback. True, that does matter. Flores did say that when Tua is healthy, he's the starter. But I guess it just depends on how healthy he is this week. All right. Brandon Ayuk, he was also activated. There's a lot of guys getting activated and coming back. This, that's good. Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, we're finally going to get to see them together in this San Francisco offense in they are Arizona. The same <laughs> the same. Wonder, wonder Twin Powers unite! <laughs> they are, yeah. So, it, I mean, I think it's going to be fun watching both of them play. Um, can you start both of them up? Uh, against um, who are they against? I cannot remember. I think it's um, the, Bills? the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I'd still go Debo. Debo is still there uh, over Brandon Ayuk. I don't know if you can start Brandon Ayuk. Um, um, I think Debo and like I said, they're the same player essentially. They do the same thing, but I think Debo is more trusted in the offense to do more of exactly what they're going to have him do. Yeah, he's been there longer. He's not the rookie, so that makes sense. And I think I agree with you. Debo was back last week and saw 13 targets, so I think he's back, and Brandon Ayuk will cut into that a little bit, but he'll also make his own plays. But. Yeah, for Ayuk, I think you're just hoping that he, he takes a, one of those reverses for like 50 yards. Yeah. And that's what That's what's going to save his day. If you need a big play, 
a big, yeah, big, big score ability, then you play Ayuk. But if you're just looking for a floor, then sit him. David Johnson, now he was on the IR with his concussion. He was put on that 21-day list where the team has 21 days to activate him or they have to cut him. So it looks like David Johnson will be back uh, sooner rather than later. Hopefully we get him back for the fantasy playoffs. I'm not sure we're going to get him back this week. But David Johnson might have been dropped in league. So just go, go take a look, see if he's out there, if he is pick him up because he is the number one back in this on this team whenever he is healthy. Cam Newton suffered an ab injury in their game. It's just something to watch. I don't think you're going to stream him this week, right? You're not looking to stream Cam Newton. I mean, he did not look good. No. Yeah. He has not looked good all season. Yeah, yeah. So, Jared Stidham, however, (laughs) that a stream? No. Stay away. (laughs) Stay far, far away. Pete Carroll said that Chris Carson was sore after their game on Monday night against the Eagles. Um, He should be good to go this week, but... And you're gonna say what? What football player is not sore the day yeah, after? What does, a game. what does that mean? But I Have think you... I think he was more sore than just regular sore. Like he's I, banged I, up. He's still banged up. He's not one hundred percent. Yeah, I understand what it meant, but you got to use better language than that. I was Pete sore after Carroll... practice every day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Pete Carroll is Mister Positivity, so he's not gonna say. He's that Chris Carson is not 100%. He's gonna say he he's a little sore, you know. All euphemisms out of Seattle, him and Bruce Arians, just opposite ends of the spectrum. (laughs) True, all right, that'll do it for the news for us today. Let's move on to some busts of the week. Busts of the week. So these are going to be guys that you are on the fringe of starting, or maybe you think, hey, I can start these guys up, but just just wait a little bit. Do you think you start us off, or you want me to go? Um, You know what? Since we already talked about it, I'll go first. My bust of the week is Todd Gurley. Um, obviously, this is dependent on if he plays. Right now, he's kind of day-to-day. Um, so if anything, we can talk about just in general, the Atlanta running backs. They're going against the Saints. The Saints have allowed the least amount of rush yards this season. They've only allowed five running TDs. So they're absolutely dominating on that uh, on that front. Their defense is very good. They've been winning the games via the defense. Uh, you can tell because they have a tight end at quarterback. It's not like they're getting spectacular offensive play. Um, so, I mean, specifically to Todd Gurley, he hasn't, he's lost the, like, he doesn't catch the ball anymore. He's only caught 16 passes. He's not a threat in the passing game with, um, so he's, he's, it's difficult for him to be like, oh, well, even if he gets like only 30 yards rushing, he'll, he'll catch the ball five times and get 60 yards there and that'll help his day. It won't. 
plus the last time he played the Saints, he got 29 yards total and zero touchdowns. It's just it's not a good game for Todd Gurley this week, especially, and I don't think it's a good game for any um, Falcons Falcons. running back, regardless. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Coming off the injury, especially, I mean, it's like you said, it's already not a good matchup for him, and then he's coming off the injury also. It's just going to be really hard for me to trust Todd Gurley this week. It's going to take a lot of luck and just, if anything, a broken play for him to have a good game. The thing is, he does get in the end zone quite a bit, and so if he does that, it might save his day. You know, he's tied for... Yeah. Fifth most touchdowns, rushing touchdowns this season. So even then, I think if he gets a touchdown, he's still only having like a 10 point game. I don't see him getting more than like 40 yards total. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I'll go to one of my busts. um, And this is not really, I'm not telling you don't start this guy because it's Kyler Murray, quarterback (laughs) from the Arizona Cardinals. He's coming off a bad week where, yeah, yeah. He only threw for 170 yards and only rushed for 31. And I'm really, really wondering if it's more that his shoulder injury is bothering him, like more than he's letting on. Like, don't sit him for Mitch Trubisky or anything like that. Like, don't go crazy here. He's... He's just not going to be the number one quarterback this week. I don't think he'll be a top five, and I'm, I think he'll be somewhere around ten this week. They're going against the Rams, who are vicious. I mean, Aaron Donald up front. They're only giving up sixteen point one fantasy points to the quarterback position, which is the best in the league. And quarterbacks are only averaging five point four rushing yards against them per game. So, it, it's just too good of a defense. Kyler does not look right. The shoulder looks like it's bothering him and it's making him not run as much or as much as we've seen throughout the season. So if you can, like if you went out and got Justin Herbert, because a lot of people had two quarterbacks, Justin Herbert or someone like that, where this is definitely the week to start the other guy over Kyler. So you mean I shouldn't go and, uh, put in Mitch Trubisky right now? I mean, you can. (laughs) Because he's playing Detroit, and I just feel like he's going to throw three touchdowns and three interceptions. So. The old Jameis Winston game. Yeah, dude. I have seen Mitch listed as a sleeper on multiple different websites so far. Oh, my gosh. I know I'm thinking about playing him in DFS so bad. (sighs) It's so tempting against Detroit, but I wouldn't start him over Kyler. Even against the Rams, I would still take Kyler. Kyler's hard for me to not even start. I'm, if anything, I'm just saying you should. Um, I you, do. you should have more realistic expectations this week. He's he's gonna. Yes, exactly, exactly. So one of my busts is a stack, kind of on Kyler Murray. Because I say DeAndre Hopkins, and again, this is sort of a similar situation where you probably Bold should pick. play. Yeah, you probably should play him. However, maybe don't expect DeAndre Hopkins numbers like he can, 
because as JJ said, the Rams are the scary good defense. They um, have given the least amount of points, fantasy points per game to the position with 17.4 points per game and only six touchdowns on the season on the season. That's for total, given, right? For all the wide receivers in that one game. Not yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, because seventeen point four is a good game, like for a wide receiver. But that's but if you 17... split that between four wide receivers. That's, <laughs> that's not that great. Yeah, it is the best in the league. Um, they've given up less than fifteen hundred yards total to the receiving position, and the past few games, DeAndre Hopkins hasn't necessarily looked himself. It's potentially due to Kyler Murray's shoulder injury because he only has five catches in each of his past two games and around 50, 50 yards each in those two games. I think it's like 51 and then 55. And one of those teams was Seattle. So that's like the opposite end of the Rams. And I'm not going to lie. Has I, no- think we, I think we should stop disrespecting Seattle. They've been playing good defense as of late. That's true. That's like true. The last few games I know... <sighs> But okay, keep going. Sorry, sorry. But the the point is they yeah. they're not one of the top defenses. No, no, no. Now they're not the Rams and they're not yes. the Steelers. Um, and he has zero touchdowns in the past two games, so he's on a little bit of a slump. And I think if Kyler Murray is still kind of with that shoulder injury, as you said, JJ, it affects the receivers. So again, I think still start him, but don't maybe expect like DeAndre Hopkins to be your wide receiver one this week. Yeah. He's probably also going to be shadowed by Jalen Ramsey and Jalen Ramsey is um, probably one of the few actual shutdown corners in the league. I do. DeAndre Hopkins is one of the different, he's like a different man and he can embarrass anybody on any day, but it's going to be a, it's going to be like the battle between a rock and a hard place or just like the immovable force versus the, uh, or, whatever it is. I don't know the phrase. I'm kind of stupid, but you know what I'm talking about? It's, it's going to be two very good people at their position going against each other. Who's going to win? Yeah. In the last few weeks, I, I want to find this stat, but I feel like Deandre Hopkins has drawn so many pass interference calls. Like people are just holding him instead of letting him catch the ball. And that really hurts his fantasy value. Like it's great for the NFL team, but it's terrible for him because i mean that's two or three receptions that he's probably going to make and that's big for your fantasy day yeah especially in ppr yeah all right my next bust of the week is matthew stafford chicago is fifth against opposing qbs this year fantasy points um in the very first time that he played him this year he had under 300 yards one touchdown one interception that totals out to i think including his rush yards like 15 fantasy points it's not a good look kenny galladay is probably is out right definitely out or no he no practice he's, he didn't practice and he's i'm gonna talk about him right now because kenny yeah it doesn't look like he's going to play. And even if he does play, this is going to be m- one of my busts. I'm going to stack on top of yours. Don't play Kenny Galladay, even if he's out Or there. Matt Stafford. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, either of them. It's way too hard of a game. Matt Stafford's not having the year that we hoped he had. He's had six games at one or less touchdowns. Like, he's, he's just not doing it this year for us. 
and Chicago's way too good of a defense to take that risk. I have one guy on that offense that you might be able to play, but that'll come later. Thank Jesus. Perhaps. Thank Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, one of my busts this week is going to be Kenny Galladay for all the reasons Ian just talked about. That Chicago defense is is really, really tough. Um, they are fourth in fourth they've given up the fourth least amount of yards and the third least touchdowns to the wide wide receiver position per game this season they have been hurt a little bit on the run as after they uh, lost hicks but um he was testing it out before the game this past week so we'll see if he's good to go if he's back that front defensive line is dirty in Chicago and Matthew Stafford is going to struggle. So, therefore, Kenny Galladay will struggle. All right. Uh, so, my one of my other busts is sort of a stack on a previous player we talked about, Todd Gurley. Um, talking about Matt Ryan, the quarterback. Again, this is one that depends on who you have at the position because this might be a week where you might want to start one of your other quarterbacks, depending on who you have on your team, because the new Orleans saints have like we, like Ian said before, their defense is keeping them in games and getting them to the playoffs. Um, <clears throat> and since they're by the saints have been playing pretty lights out. Um, they've been, I guess it's technically they've been playing lesser teams, but still it, the defense is there. And they have given up no more than 250 yards, I think, in these past few games, if not all season. Um, and only um, one touchdown these past few games. And they're allowing just over 15 points per game to the uh, quarterback in this stretch. And Jones he may or may not play this week. Yeah, I was just going to say that. He didn't play this last week, and they, they're still waiting on to see how he looks. So it looks like he'll be – yeah. For Keone, I'm sorry. Um, are you saying 250 passing yards or total yards? Because if it's 250 I'm sorry. total yards, it's that's ridiculous. I believe these are, these are all passing related. Oh, okay, sorry. that makes sense. That's these what, are all yeah, quarterback specific. My bad. Okay. Um, and – yeah, Ryan, I think, hasn't gotten over 250 yards these past two games, and he had zero touchdowns and two interceptions against New Orleans when he faced them last. And this past game against Las Vegas, they sort of bounced back, but the majority of their points was due to their defense and their kicker. So, yeah. They had five field goals. <laughs> so, wait, can I ask? I'll ask both of you, but I guess mostly Keone. Would you start Taysom Hill over Matt Ryan this week, playing each other? I think I would. Purely for the rushing aspect. Taysom Hill, just it's, it seems like he, when they get in the red zone, he, uh, he gets one to two touchdowns running a game. So he's barely had any passing yards, but I, that's a hard thing to do to me. 
Yeah, it, it's not going to be a pretty game for sure with Taysom Hill, but I, I, I like that point by Ian because it sort of comes, um, it reminds me of something from my article because I talked about Latavius Murray this week. And with Hill and Murray in like as both viable running options, it creates more space for confusion in who's going to run the ball. So you don't know if it'll be Hill or if it will be Murray necessarily. And obviously Alvin Kamara is there as well. So they should, just, they should just run three, well, two running backs and Taysom Hill every single play, honestly. Just run the old high school, high school football. They should just steal the Ravens um, True. playbook. Backs. I think for me, it really depends on if Julio's there. If Julio's there, I think I would play Matt Ryan. Ah, but I'm not convinced on, about that. The thing with Matt Ryan is, is even with the Saints defense, I, I'm not terribly surprised if Matt Ryan is able to throw like 300 yards and two touchdowns. And that's a, that's a decent fantasy day. Exactly. So... But... I just don't think Taysom Hill is a good quarterback, so I don't. I think Matt Ryan's the better quarterback. That's so, yes. why it's hard to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're putting but, a tight end at quarterback. Yeah. Are you putting? But I don't want to. I don't want to chase volume with Matt Ryan. But I'll do it. I'll I'll take Matt Ryan over Taysom Hill this week. That's perfect. That's Fair. like perfectly viable. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. Can I? Yeah, I would choose probably other. I just think they're really close. That's why I asked. Yeah. Okay, so my next guy for bust is actually going to be Terry McLaurin. <clears throat> He's been a lights out this year. Fuck you. He's been amazing. All this stuff. Um, really just like fantasy darling this year, especially at the wide receiver position. But this one is less about um, him and more about Alex Smith and the offensive line. Alex Smith is going to have who they're playing. They're playing the Steelers. Ah. They're going to have no <laughs> time. The Steelers have 41 sacks in the NFL. That's the most. They have um, on almost 10% of dropbacks, they get a sack. Not a QB hit, nothing like that, an actual sack. So 10% of the time when the other team drops back, they're getting sacked. That is ridiculously high. That's the most in the NFL. The, like Washington's offensive line has allowed the fourth most sacks this year. They like Alex Smith is not going to have time to throw this ball. Alex Smith is not going to have time to throw this ball deep. If anything, I see this game being much better for like JD McKissick because Alex Smith is going to have, he's going to get the ball hike one, two. I have to get rid of it. Who am I going to throw to the check down? Yeah. He's I was going to say time. that. I think this is going to be a better game for J.D. McKissick than Antonio Gibson because of that reason. Whenever they get down, it seems like they go to J.D. McKissick in the, because they like him in the passing game. For some reason, they have not liked Antonio Gibson in the passing game. I don't know why. Maybe you could get them to DM you on that, Ian, to figure it out because I have no clue, no clue why they won't get him in, in the passing game. But J.D. McKissick secret sleeper but not really because it's pittsburgh still like yeah i'll have my people contact their people thank you Appreciate hey intern that. aaron can you contact their people thank you 
So that's just why it's nothing against Terry McLaurin. It's just the fact that the Steelers defense is way too good. And the Washington offensive line is not good. So it's going to be just difficult for him to get any chances to do anything. If he has a good game, it's because he catches the three passes he'll get or something like that. And he's able to break tackles and bust one out. Which he has the ability to do. So, I mean, he's just not going to be in the top. 20 wide receivers this week right you're saying he's yeah, more around yeah. the 30 range 30 to 36 yeah, or so like give or take yeah i would still i think i i would still think you have to flex him because he is that sole number one on the team and so he is going to get a majority of the targets but yeah i agree if you have somewhere else to go pivot yeah all right, this is someone you're not I, – I don't think you want to pivot. Just just put this guy on your bench and maybe even drop him because Giovanni Bernard has not been great. The Bengals team is not good with Joe Burrow out there, and without them, they're absolute garbage. Giovanni's been great in the past whenever Joe Mixon has gone down, which is – quite often it seems but this year he hasn't really been reliable um the Bengals had their bye week in week nine and since the bye so the last three weeks Bernard had eight carries for 30 yards and didn't get in the end zone nine carries for 18 yards no end zone and then Joe Burrow went down during that last during that middle game where he went nine for 18 and then without Joe Burrow he got eight carries for 32 yards and didn't get in the end zone. You want to combine all of that and let's throw in his receptions and his receiving yards. So combined for the those three games, he got 35 total touches, 151 yards and zero touchdowns. This man is not good enough to start in your fantasy on your fantasy team. He's leading his team in carries, but this offensive line is terrible. This offense is terrible. So you've been able to rely on him a little bit for his pass catching, I think. But with such little work on the uh, rushing, he's just not worth it. Yeah, completely agree. It, it, their offense since uh, Joe Burrow has gone down, I think has scored like seven, like they scored 17 one week and nine the next week. They're absolutely just abysmal. They're not getting anything done and everyone's kind of suffering for it. Yeah. When, when your offensive line is like a swinging gate, it you're more likely to let the other team in than you are to rush for any positive yards. So and that's the way it is in Cincinnati. Okay, so my penultimate bust is going to be Duke Johnson because he's going against the Colts. And I know this is going to make me sound like a broken record, 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 record. Broken, broken record. Yeah. The Colts... <laughs> The Colts. About the Colts defense. <laughs> well, I'll tell you again. They have not given a rushing touchdown 
They have not given up a rushing touchdown in an away game, and they are playing in Houston. So, I haven't heard that before. I know. I'm, I'm just like Nostradamus. <laughs> and Duke Johnson, even though uh, David Johnson is going to be out, so he's going to still be the main back, but it's he's been getting less and less rushing attempts these past four games. I think he went from like 16 rushing attempts to 14 to 10 to nine, which is a little concerning. And it's sort of like a sandwich where the two, I guess the layers of bread were against not very good defenses in Jacksonville and Detroit. And he did well, even though he was saved by a touchdown in each of those games. And in those middle games, I think he faced Cleveland and new England, which are relatively competent defenses but nothing like the Colts when it comes to rush defense. So even though he's going to be their number one back in Houston, like just don't play a running back against the Colts when they're in a way, in an away game, unless they're one of the best guys in the league. So yeah. Derrick Henry. Yeah. This is Derrick Henry. <laughs> okay. So let's move on to my last guy that I have as a bus this week. Um, it is Zeke. It's Ezekiel Elliott. His offensive line is extremely far from healthy. His quarterback play has, I can't even call it solid. It's just been legally they put out a quarterback more than you can say for the Broncos last week. Um, since Dak's injury, he's only been in the top 25 running backs once, and that was two weeks ago where he actually had a decent game. Out of those six weeks that he's played without Dak, he's been below 10 points five of those six weeks. He's going against Baltimore. They're already a good defense. He's not performing at the level he needs to be. And I can't blame him. He's the only option on that team right now because they don't have quarterback plays, so the wide receivers are kind of taken out of it. And then the offensive line is just not giving him any any sort of lane to run through. It's pretty much all Zeke. Plus he has like five fumbles. So he's been fumbling the most in the league or at least five last time I saw. I, I got to check again, but I, it's probably more. So I'm staying away from Zeke. I think it actually is time to start sitting him. I know that's weird. You kind of see drafted Zeke where you're like, I'm going to put him in and just leave him for the whole season. But it might be time to start looking somewhere else. I'm just, I agree with you. And I have him on one of my teams, so it's really hard. It's just, it's I know so it's hard Zebra. for me. To, yeah, exactly. It's, it would just kill me for me to finally sit Zeke and then he goes off. Because he still has that capability. You're right. You're right. But he, he's, you've been, it's been killing you having him start every week. And for the past six weeks, he's been doing nothing. Yeah. True. So, I mean, minus the one week that he had, I think, 18, 19 points. It's, it was uh, six fumbles, by the way. So you were close. Okay. Yeah. Which I believe is leading the league. For running backs? That that sounds right. Yeah. So. I hope so. I hope it's leading the league. 
Okay. Um, so my last bust guy, it's, it's sort of a cheat because it's a tight end, but, and it's, it's the, basically for the same reasons as Terry McLaurin. It's Logan Thomas of the Washington football team. And he's coming off a good week. And if you started him, good job. But these next two games are rough, especially Pittsburgh, who is the number one defense against the tight end and allowing only like 4.5 points per game to the position. Jesus. And I think it's going to be more, if anything, more of like a defensive battle, even though I think Pittsburgh has better offensive weapons, but there's still two good defenses going against each other. Um, and like, yeah, even though he's Alex Smith goes to him a decent amount, it's just the defense is too good and their offense is slowly, slowly, slowly getting there maybe if they do. And like I said, when I talked about him as a waiver wire ad, he's that as a bench stash for when you get into weeks 15 and 16. So don't play him right now if you picked him up. Yeah. yeah. Really nothing to add. We kind of went yeah, over yeah. Washington struggles. Yeah, I agree with it. He's already someone so hard to trust. and But, yeah, you're right. People may want to trust him, but don't this week. No, I like I said, don't trust him now, but use him for playoffs. Yeah. If you, like, yeah. All right, that'll do it for the bus this week. Let's move on to some superstars of the week. These are going to be guys that we're going to tell you to go ahead and start no matter what, or at least one of us is going to tell you to start them. I'll start us off this time. David Montgomery running back for the Chicago Bears. This man is safe. That's pretty much all I have to say. I mean, he rushed for a season high, 103 yards on Sunday. But 103 yards, that's, that's a great game. But he's only gotten in the end zone three times all season. Twice through the air, once on the ground. He's running back 16 on the season, and it doesn't look like that's going to get much higher, but it also doesn't look like it'll get much lower either. Uh, the Bears are playing Detroit, like we said earlier. They've given up the fourth most rushing yards and the first most fan- the, or the most fantasy points to the running back position this season. Like I said on the last podcast, and just right now, through the air, David Montgomery has scored twice through the air, which is huge for the running back. We just need him to do it on the ground. But through the air in PPR, it's it's still worth it to start him. He's averaging 3.5 receptions a game. And the, the Lions are giving up touchdowns to the running back position. They've given up the most uh, touchdowns to the running back position on the ground and through the air. So I really think David Montgomery has a chance to score this week. And with his safe uh, floor, touchdown upside, you got to start him. Yeah, like, especially like this past game where he showed like he can do, he can do the job. This is a gimme matchup for him and time like to prove that he can have multiple games in a row where he can show out. So it's, do, it's very doable. Detroit's one of those defense where I just kind of want to start 
somebody against them every week if I can. It's like it's them first, the, yeah. and the Jets. Yeah, especially in the running game against Detroit. I want to start. If I have a decent to good running back, I want to start him against Detroit. And I think David Montgomery falls into that in-between range between decent and good. Hey, running back 16 on the year is is a top four, top five <laughs> running back too. So that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, true. It's, I mean, it, it's a tough year this year, but yeah. I mean, the biggest worry you got to worry for Detroit is um, they might have that bounce back game that teams like to have once they fire their coach. Because they're so excited. Where Dude, they're just like, yeah, and we're just going to go Twitter and Twitter blew it. up. They were all so happy for him to leave. That was crazy. Like, I knew he was a bad coach and all, but I did not know that they hated him so much. Bring Jim Caldwell back. Is, how, <laughs> how long until Matt Patricia goes back to the Patriots? <laughs> <laughs> Hey Bill. Um <laughs> sorry. You think Bill oh, Josh back? told me not to leave? Well <laughs> Bill seemed spiteful. Yeah, true, but he had his like, best years with Matt Patricia and Stevens. Yeah, hey Matt, you can come back as a assistant uh linebackers coach. <laughs> All right, who wants to go next? Who's got a superstar for me? I'll say it. Um, my first one is going to be Devonte Parker. Ooh, yeah. No, this one's kind of a bold take. Um, I really like the matchup they're going against. We talked about how bad the Bengals are as of late. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it actually having such a terrible offense kind of hurts the defense more because the offense is going to be doing so many three and outs. The defense is going to be out there getting tired and tired and tired. And it's not like their Bengals defense was good. They are still 12th most pass yards. They've allowed 22 passing touchdowns. That's the sixth most in the NFL. Um, So they're not doing great. I think they kind of get a pass because they start losing games and then the other team puts their second team in so they can it's like garbage time where they like don't care anymore so um Devontae Parker though is still getting the targets he has 79 on the year he's still a viable option over there I do think if Ryan Fitzpatrick is in he's way better Ryan Fitzpatrick loves Devontae Parker Tua does not so that's the only issue is it's kind of has to fall into place. I think everything is there except for we need to know if Fitzpatrick is in or if it's Tua. So without Tua, or sorry, with Tua, he's like wide receiver 48, 40, and 65. So it's kind of a dependent on Ryan Fitzpatrick. But if you see Ryan Fitzpatrick's in, slam, slam the start on Devontae Parker. I agree with that. 100%. Oh, um, yeah. Devontae Parker is a good – he's been good on my team this year. So I hope he does well again. But anyways, um, uh, who should I pick? I'll save my most controversial one for last. 
Okay. But uh, going back to the uh, we'll Speech go back to the Chicago. <laughs> You're close, uh. but not. We're gonna go to that back to that Chicago Detroit game, and I think because we talked about it earlier in the week about Mitch Trubisky helping like his players more than him being a good quarterback. He affects the other players more than anything. Positively, yeah. Yes. Like you and like you said, JJ for David Montgomery, I think the same will happen with Allen Robinson on that team. Because with Mitch Trubisky as his quarterback, he's had his he's had two of his best games this season. They were both his games over twenty points. And one of those games he had over a hundred yards. And in this past game, he did really well. And, uh, and he had a touchdown over it, dude. He just could not hold on to the ball. So if he gets that other touchdown too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was that was great defense. The guy got in there and swatted the ball out real nice. But dang, if Robinson could just hold on to that, he blows up. That's happened like two times this season where he like has the ball and then he loses it. And he does get targets. Like I think in both those games, he had 13 targets from Mitch Trubisky. So he is the guy who's getting the ball thrown to him. Yeah. And in terms of Detroit's um, uh, defense versus receivers, they're not good. Yeah. They, (laughs) (laughs) they have not a good defense at all. They've allowed 25.6 points per game to the wide receiver position and over 2,100 yards. And, and uh, Robinson has only one game with less than seven targets. And that was a game like where he had four. But if that's your low and like your floor is pretty much seven targets, that's pretty good. That's, yeah, that's amazing. A Rob is amazing, but that's great. Yeah. A Rob is third in the league this season at 108 targets behind only Keenan Allen and Stefan Diggs. So he, he's getting the targets. He's getting, he's getting all of what he needs and he's eighth in receptions at 71. Right. And he no longer has Nick Foley as his quarterback. Ooh, got him. Can we have that horn that goes? Yeah. Got added in. You are the producer. All right, um, I'll move on to one of my other one of my other superstars, Tyler Lockett, wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. So he had his huge blow up week in Week Seven, and since then, Week Eight, he's finished wide receiver fifty eight, sixty three, thirty two, eleven had a good game, and then seventy one this last week. But. They're playing the Giants this week, who are not terrible, but they're not a good defense. Seattle really needs to come out and show that they can play football still and let Filet Wilson cook, which they haven't in a while. Chris Carson leaving this team has really hurt them, but I think he was back this last game, and he'll be even more healthy this coming up game. I'm just looking for Tyler Lockett to have that top 10 game again. He's going to go on stretches where he's outside of the top 50, but he's going to have those huge blow-up weeks, and I think this is going to be one of them. 
I would love for that to happen. I really need him to have a good week again. And I would love for it just, to happen for my dynasty team, but maybe if we can just extend his good game streak to like until week sixteen, and we'll through be okay. week sixteen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I agree uh, completely on this one. DK Metcalf is clearly the number one wide receiver. We came into the the start of the season wondering was it going to be Tyler Lockett still or was it going to be DK? It's clearly DK. But that doesn't mean Tyler Lockett's not going to have any role on this team going forward. DK is just too strong. Um, really is. I agree. However, my contingency with this is he is reception dependent. When he has a lot of receptions, he does great. However, when he gets in the range of like five or less receptions, that's when his games are not as good. But hopefully for Seattle and Tyler Lockett, they'll be slinging the ball around against that Giants defense. And if that's the case, then he should do well. I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So it's kind of hard to say. I agree that it's weird. DK is number one, as in like fantasy number one. But if we look at the numbers... Tyler Lockett has more targets and more receptions. Like, he has 12 more receptions, only two more targets. It's just DK is catching the ball a lot deeper, and DK is, um, you know, a man amongst boys. I think quite a bit of that came at the beginning of the season where DK was only getting two or three targets, catching two two of them and scoring one touchdown, you know. As of... You know, recently it's it's switched over to where Tyler Lockett's still getting quite a bit of targets the last few games he's had. So since uh, that blow-up game, so the same stretch I was talking about, he had five targets, seven targets, nine targets, nine targets, and then four targets. Um, so he's, he's still getting targets. The lowest in that stretch is four, and that's not really enough for him, but... Okay, here's a, really, okay, oh, I'm sorry. It. I was going to say a quick specific thing related to his receptions. Okay. When he has five or less receptions, those games, he has less than 10 points. Whenever he gets more than five receptions, he pretty much goes off. And obviously that makes sense because that's how numbers work. But <laughs> it's just a tell. It's just a I really like a fun statistics. telling fact. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that really, that really is cool. Just the disparity between the two. Yeah. To see numbers work the way that they should. Sometimes they don't in fantasy football because someone will catch one pass for one touchdown. And Mike Evans. Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah, that's why we play half PPR too. That's that's my favorite format at least. All right, who wants to go? Who's who's got another one? Okay, I'll I'll go again. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, I'll show some love to the uh, quarterback position and sort of a mid-range quarterback who's been doing very, very well as of I, late. Wait, wait, I thought about putting him on my superstar, but then I remember just just a few weeks ago, I trashed him on the podcast, so <laughs> I deleted his name real quick. I'm glad you, I'm glad you picked no, him. No, yeah. I'm like, not putting I think... my name behind him. Fair enough. Um, oh, I've already talked about him. 
I've already <laughs> talked about him in, in, in an article, so it's just doubling down on it now. Um, Kirk Cousins is the man who we are speaking of. Trash. <laughs> he's, not, he's not a good quarterback, let me just say. He's having a good stretch. Yes. And that offense is incredibly well balanced mm-hmm. because he's getting Adam Thielen back, who is his touchdown catching receiver. He has Justin Jefferson, who is his reception and yards receiver. And Kyle Rudolph is an eh tight end. He's there. Yeah. He's a tight end whose name you know. Um, and That's then, just because he's old. <laughs> I am aware of Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> and then Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. Cook. Like, yeah. come on. So that offense is really coming into its own. And he has two games in a row with three touchdowns and over 300 yards and no interceptions. So he has all his weapons and they're going against Jacksonville, which has given up 23 touchdowns uh, to the quarterback, which is the second most in the league. And they've given up the fifth fifth most uh, passing yards with 3,126. So it's another great matchup before I think he has to go back into like your bench, like chest. So the Jaguars, the Jaguars are a bad team. Yes. It's, you kind of have to remind yourself that they are one in 10 and the very, they won the very Doesn't first game. feel like they're against like the Colts. Doesn't it feel like they're like three and eight or something like that? It, it feels like they're <laughs> at least okay. It feels like, to me, it feels like they're they have the record the Chargers have, which is what like three and eight. Y- yeah, yeah, exactly. Like and then like the Chargers should be like closer to even. They should be like five and five. The Chargers, but that's just not how it works. No. So. Yeah, the Jaguars are not good. Kirk Cousins getting Adam Thielen back—that's huge. Like you, like Keone said, the last few games have been big for Kirk Cousins. Usually he's a game manager, but th- over 300 yards and three touchdowns in the last two—that's not game manager numbers. That's—I mean, even though it seems like he is still managing the game, he's putting up numbers with while managing the game, unlike earlier in the season. You like that? You like that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My next superstar of the week is um, another one that's a little dependent, but it's Melvin Gordon. If Philip Lindsay's out, they don't like to give the ball to Royce Freeman. Mm -hmm. Um, They have to keep him healthy anyway. He's the emergency quarterback, apparently. (laughs) So... um, Lindsay was out for a three game stretch at the beginning of the year or four game stretch at the beginning of the year. Anyway, Melvin Gordon had to take the duty um, against Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh. He had to take the, he had to take the, he had to take the job all by himself against (laughs) two very good, um, two very good rush defenses. I know we are. I'm sorry. That was me. I'm sorry. I so, thought it too. So, yeah. <laughs> just completely derailed the whole podcast because I said duty. 
<laughs> oh my god yeah but okay so yeah Philip Lindsay left uh got injured in the first game went on a three-game stretch yeah I mean, and took over the backfield the numbers don't look great because they went he went against two very good defenses right away in Pittsburgh and then Tampa Bay Tampa Bay has been lights out against the run Pittsburgh we all know who they are the one game he had against an eh defense it was the Jets so I can't even say eh they're a terrible defense. He went off. He had, I think, like two touchdowns, a hundred something yards. It's very possible for him to do that again. Last time he played Kansas City, he had 68 rush yards and a touchdown, while Philip Lindsay had 70 rush yards. Kansas City's defense is not great at stopping the run, um, and it's very possible that Melvin Gordon's going to be alone out there. And he's going to see 20 carries, possibly three, four catches. And he could have 100-plus total yards and a touchdown. Like, that's not un- unreasonable for him. Yeah, not at, not at all. So, that's why I kind of li- I like him this week, if Lindsey's out especially. I would probably – just thinking about it right now, I'd probably bring down the carries because I assume they're going to be trailing. So, bump it down to 16 and bump the Fair. receptions up to – five to six maybe even seven he gets in the yeah. end zone once i mean he, that's a good game he could have a, yep game. he could have a good game i agree with it so all right i'll i'll go with another one of my guys and a tight end mike gasecki now oh. yeah i mean you're really hoping he gets in the end zone but again this is with Ryan Fitzpatrick. If Tua's there, I I don't know if I can trust it. Tua doesn't seem comfortable enough for me yet in the NFL. And so that's why I don't know why they're really trying to rush him out there, but they are. So um, if Tua's not out there and Fitzpatrick is out there, Fitzpatrick is going to sling the ball and Mike Gusecki is athletic. He has a chance to score a touchdown. We saw him score last week and it's the tight end position so you're you're looking for someone and Mike Kosecki's not not bad superstar of the week at tight end might be 11 points let's be real oh yeah if it's not Kelsey it might be eight points (laughs) yeah it might be might be 50 yards and a touchdown or or 80 yards and no touchdown. Yeah, really, just getting in the end zone. They're playing Cincinnati this week. They they are terrible against the tight end. So, start up Mike Gusecki. I will follow that with another tight end, because I, I talked about it earlier, um, and I don't want to leave that hanging. Uh, but, yeah, mine is uh, Thank Jesus, it's Hawkinson. Thank you. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> because even though Chicago is a good defense, they're actually one of their weak spots is against the tight end. They're one of the worst defenses when it comes to defending against the tight end because they allow about 10 points per game to the tight end, which is good tight end numbers. And they give up, they've given up eight touchdowns and 635 yards to the tight end position. And Hawkinson, like if they're able to get in the red zone or essentially within the five yard line, then he should, he's the guy who's going to be looked at to get a touchdown from Matt Stafford. 
and there's not very many options, especially if Galladay is not going to play. You got um, Marvin Jones, and I don't exactly know who else in terms of like pass catchers on that team. So maybe. Oh boy. (laughs) He's real scrappy. Yeah. I'm hoping, unfortunately, for DeAndre Swift fans. Oh, quick Cephas. Oh, that's like my dad. Is. Never mind. He's my superstar. No, he that one week. <laughs> that's who I meant to put. Not thank Jesus Hawkins. Yeah, come on. Cephas. Um, but hopefully, like an ideal scenario for this, and unfortunately for DeAndre Swift fans, DeAndre Swift goes down the field and gets vultured by Hawkinson. Because <laughs> that can easily happen. Um, and he's tight end three on the year. So he's fair. Like, which ne- doesn't necessarily mean anything because it changes a lot that third position. But if he's going to, if I see anybody doing well this week at tight end, it's probably him besides the major guys. Yeah, he's yeah, Mr. Fair. Consistent. He beat out Cole Beasley in the ultimate showdown. Fair, mm-hmm. fair. All, All right. My, wait, wait, let my... me get into mine. Cause I think, oh, okay. I think yours is a little bit better than mine. So oh, okay. um, mine's like really deep. Really deep. Michael Pittman, wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. This is if you have no one, you can start up Pittman. Hopefully you already picked him up. You listened to us, added him on your team because he looks like he's the number one wide receiver, and that's solely what I'm going off of. This man is the number one wide receiver on the team. They're playing at Houston this week, which, I mean, they're not – Bad defense, but they're bottom 10 in fantasy points to the wide receiver. They're bottom 10 in yards to wide receivers. I mean, they're pretty much bottom 10 in everything going up against the wide receiver position. So they're not not great against the wide receivers is what I'm trying to say. Um, So Michael Pittman, he's going to get receptions. He's only been in the end zone once, but it's – a very, very small sample size. I have a feeling that he'll be getting in the end zone a lot more for his career. And hopefully this is one of those weeks counting on it. Yeah. He's just kind of recently emerged. So it's understandable why he hasn't. Yeah. He had a huge injury at the beginning of the season. So he missed a lot of weeks and then he's been slowly getting better. He kind of fell off this last week, but he still led the team in targets. He just only, caught two passes so that's what really hurt him and this is a game for indianapolis that they absolutely need to do well in to keep up with tennessee after that loss to tennessee yeah they got win to keep up yeah completely agree um all right let me go with my guy my final one raheem moster he is back baby he's finally back last week he seemed to be kind of eased into it but he still got 43 um sorry he still got 43 yards and a touchdown so his day was still pretty good um the big thing that they're going against is buffalo buffalo sounds like a good defense but they have allowed a running back to either score or gain 100 total yards in seven straight games they are not doing well against the running back position um San Francisco's starting to get healthy again. They're starting to get players back. So Kyle Shanahan's going to be able to open up that playbook more. 
Um, Raheem Mostert, I believe, should get 15-plus touches easy. Um, and he has that – he always has had that big play potential. Yeah. Like, even in the game that he got injured way early in the season, he had 82 yards and a touchdown because he literally broke off a 75-yard run like four plays before he got injured, like in the drive before. So at any point, this man can break off an 80-yard run, 80-yard catch and go and get a touchdown. Easy. And right there, right there, that's a 12-point uh, game. Yeah, 15-point yeah. game right there. So I have a lot of faith in him. I'm putting stock into him. I'm starting him back up. I'm really excited for Raheem Mostert to be back. Yeah, with Brandon Ayuk coming back, Devo Samuel, we saw already, like we talked about, yeah, Raheem Mostert. I, I have faith in this offense right now. Yeah, it's just another bullet in the chamber for yep. that 49ers offense. Okay, so I think this is our last guy, and I'm saving – we saved the potentially the most controversial for last. <laughs> no, 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 the yeah. best for last. Best yes, for last. Yes, I'm sorry. Frank the Tank Gore. The Eternal. And I know what you're thinking. He's a New York Jets player that's not um, – I can't think of his name, the wide receiver, Jamison Crowder. But LaMichael P. Ryan is on injured reserve, so essentially that leaves the entirety of that backfield to Frank Gore. And they're going against the Las Vegas Raiders, which are not a very good team against the run. No. So they have allowed 13 touchdowns to running backs this season, which is the second most. And they've allowed just over 1,000 yards, but they've allowed 22.3 games or 22.3 points per game to the running back this season. Played 23 games in only 12 games that's really bad (laughs) um 22.3 points per game to the running Uh back position and essentially it's his entire backfield or he's like the sole back in that backfield and he's getting a good amount of touches so i think he's has to get touches yeah i think he's a good guy to put in there to kind of maybe surprise the like your opponent this week, be like, "Oh, I got this." They're playing Frank Gore, but no, <laughs> kaboom! Yeah. yeah, Frank the Tank coming, gonna tread all yeah, over yeah. you. Anyway. <laughs> Frank Gore, Frank Gore has to be blackmailing Adam Gase. There's no explanation for how many that touches is, he's getting. That is a guy you put in your lineup, and you don't check your lineup. Ever again. You never know if you won or lost that week. You just never go look. Just you, don't look. You have, you have to wait for the text from the guy you play saying either, why did you put Frank Gore in? That was stupid. Or how did you know Frank Gore was going to go off? You cheated. Uh, and then you tell him, I listened to the Fantasy Daydreamers. Daydreamers. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You should listen too. Yeah, your friend should as well. Yeah. All right. That was the last one. Oh my god, we have to end on Frank Gore. Yes, <laughs> it's a it's a talking piece. That's why it's good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I guess that'll do it for us over here today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, monthly articles out by Aaron, like we've been talking about. Keone talked about uh, earlier tonight uh, that they have weekly articles. Also, you guys should go read. So. You know, if you don't like listening to my voice, because 
you know, it might be annoying for some of you, go read because that might help. Maybe someday we'll get a uh, Keone, Aaron, and Ian to do uh, audio books on <laughs> just so you can listen to what they write. That would be kind of cool, I think. Um, oh my God, could you imagine just listening to Keone being like, <clears throat> the case for Kirk Cousins? <laughs> Oh, I thought you were doing like actual audiobooks. So like, twas the best of times, twas the worst of times. Balanced is how I would describe the Vikings offense. Don't listen to the last 30 seconds of this podcast. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Like and subscribe, please. Word of mouth, it really helps. Tell a friend. Keep listening because we're going to be going all the way through this season, through the off season. We're here to help you guys. Send us in your questions. It really helps us out and we really appreciate you guys listening thank you guys so much thank you thank you thank you stay dreaming stay dreaming stay dreaming Hey, Dreamin'.